a scary basement. Each week, me and my friend Mikey are drawn inexplicably and supernaturally to this basement, wherein lurks every scary thing that has ever been, including a snake with buff human arms, a sonnet written by zombie Shakespeare, and a life hack YouTube video that has killed anyone who has ever tried their life hacks. I'm Roxy Polk. And I'm Mikey McCaller. Mikey, let's start out, as we always do, with the uh, scariest things that happened to us this week. So what went down in your life outside of the scary basement that spooked you to your very bones? I went swimming in Donkey Kong Country. No. Wait, so uh, there's underwater levels or just it's... What is it exactly? I went. Uh, I got to an underwater level in Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze and there was a big octopus chasing me through the whole level. <laughs> You're like swimming and there's a little crevasse there. They keep the little uh, banana coins you need to buy your banana items. <laughs> I tried to get it and then I did. An octopus eye appeared from behind. He was watching me and he was as big as a house. So does it just like chase you throughout the entire level? It's kind of like an ambient enemy. It, it's like in the background, like you see his face, but then like his tentacles are like swimming up and they're like smacking at you and you got to dodge him as a, as a big clunky monkey. It's very hard. Okay. Scary. That does sound spooky, especially because, as we know, both of us are afraid of deep underwater ocean things. So I, I am less afraid of deep underwater ocean things than I am giant things. But you're right; this yeah, does combine our two, our two phobias. Yeah. Well, what was damn. your scary thing that happened? Uh, so the scary thing that happened to me this week is uh, I, I watched that cursed life hacks <laughs> video and uh, oh, learned, you did. learned about fractal wood burning have do you know what about this mikey no what's that all about so you use electricity to make a unique wood burn print uh so like every every iteration of it is going to be something different you're essentially like hooking up jumper cables to like a piece of wood and like metal and then it burns it um Hmm. But so this is actually incredibly dangerous. There's such a small margin for error. If you just touch it even a little, it is like literally killed 34 people. People trying that to do this life hack. Feels art like hack too many. Yeah, it's, it's insane. I was like, what? How is that even possible? It's like 2,000 volts of electricity. So even if you do manage to somehow live through it, you're going to be so messed up. Um, Are you allowed to just put up a YouTube video that is clearly killing people that feels like apparently no code of conduct yeah it was like trending on tiktok and stuff and there was yeah youtube videos for it and everything and they don't have like warning labels to be like hey if you do this even a little bit wrong you will literally die like most people die before they even hit the floor if they do this wrong oh just so that's you can scary. get a piece of wood that's kind of like scorched sort of neat like it's <laughs> it's not worth it it's so not worth it what is oh. the most beautiful thing you could make that would be worth putting your life on the line? Oh, man. To me, it's an oil painting. An oil painting? Yeah, of like a night sky. <laughs> like a Van Gogh type night sky? Yeah. That'd yeah, be it would have to be like an artistic representation. If it was just a photorealistic version, I'd be like, uh, you could have just taken a picture and not died. Yeah, but think about how much it would be worth then if you, you make that and then it kills you. Ooh. Um, if I can't get any money out of it, then to me, as a dead man, it's effectively worth zero. Yeah, you know, that's that's a good point. It is basically zero at that point, which, uh, no good to anyone. Speaking you of- You know, Roxy, it's sad when people die in YouTube videos, but you know what's not sad? What? Halloween 2! Halloween 2! <laughs> Roxy, it's Halloween 2! We are here in the scary basement. <laughs> With all the other monsters, and they're dressed up in costumes. This is very true. We're having a great time down here. Me and Mikey are dressed up in outfits. We've got drinks here. Look it. I got my fruity alcohol drink. I've got pure moonshine. There it's you go. It's not safe to be drinking. Is somebody down uh, here I learned about it. it from a YouTube channel. There you go. <laughs> Life hack on how to make homemade moonshine. Sounds safe. Roxy, I am dressed up as the Fonz from a sad episode of Happy Days. You are dressed up as a werewolf. Yep. And it looks good. It looks scary. Thanks. Yeah. I wanted to go scary werewolf, not sexy werewolf. So I'm glad that uh, right. it, it actually tricked you when you walked down here. And I'm sorry about that. You thought it was another werewolf. Yeah. Um, 
I did put a silver bullet in you. <laughs> Luckily, the costume's pretty uh, dense and has metal plating for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> It was uh, a feature. Roxy, it's really heavy to run around down here, but I'm glad they did it because maybe they somehow knew that my friend was going to shoot me with a silver bullet. It feels like a, a cost of the costume, right? Like, yeah, that's the kind of thing that's going to happen. Uh, Roxy, as you look around the scary basement, all of our all of the monsters that lurk down here are dressed up as creatures. Who are some of the creatures in costumes that you see? I'll tell you some that I see first, if you want to hear. Okay, yeah. Let's we'll see some of your faves. Just glancing over here in the corner, I see Frankenstein's monster is dressed up as Dr. Frankenstein, which oh. I think is funny. We've got a Cenobite from Hellraiser over here is dressed up as a sexy nurse. <laughs> Why not? And then, and then we have uh, Freddy is dressed up as Jason. Jason is dressed up as Chucky. Chucky is dressed up as a flamingo. And Maniac Cop is dressed up as another flamingo. And they're beefing. They're they, beefing over it. They should have talked to each other about who was going to come as a flamingo. But then again, who who would assume that somebody else would be a flamingo? This, a scary basement type party, you know? You'd think, like, mm. nobody's going to be something as non-scary as this, right? Right. Yeah. And it's, it's first of all, it, Chucky should have done it because it's like flamingos are like tall birds. And so for him to be a short little guy, I, like, I think that's funny. Yeah, I think so, too. Maniac Cop needs to... Uh, Think think about what would fit his uh, character better. I think he can do better. <laughs> but nobody wants to say anything because he is a maniac. Yeah, I wouldn't want a chance talking to him. Uh, so <laughs> I, I'm really digging Nessie's outfit over there. Dr- dressed up as like the clown from It, but like the original <laughs> miniseries one. So it's a lot more fun. Very big. Yeah, I don't know Again. where you would get like a wig and like a nose that big, but I don't know. Went to a good, good costume designer. It also got like some clown shoes on its flippers, on Nessie's flippers. <laughs> so I don't know how you make that work, but she's making it work. Uh, the wig, I don't have an answer to, but I can tell that the clown nose is just a human sized wig. Oh, okay. That proportionally scales down correctly to gotcha. be just a red blotch on Nessie's face. That makes a lot of sense. Well, Roxy, I'm really enjoying Halloween 2 so far, but... Oh. Trick-or-treat! Mikey, look! Halloween 2 is catching on. We have a trick-or-treater. Cool costume, pal. What are you? The clown from It? Just a regular clown. Well, here you go. A king-size Kit Kat bar. Thank you. You know... I'm really glad you did a Halloween, too. I was sick this year during Halloween 1, so I couldn't go trick-or-treating. Aw, well, I'm glad you get to go now. Happy Halloween, too. Thank you. Cute kid. Anyway, Roxy. Mikey? We've got a movie to talk about. Oh, boy, do we. I'm so excited about this, Mikey. Here to introduce it is our old friend dressed up as Abraham Lincoln, the demon bot. Uh, Roxy, I did watch Hocus Pocus. Did you watch Hocus Pocus? Yes, I did. And I gotta say, Demon Bot, I'm loving your outfit. I think top hats suit you. Yay, that sounds fun. I hope it doesn't short-circuit him. Yeah. Oh, you know, I didn't even think about that. But, you know, the keeping our souls part is pretty good. If he's the arbiter taking them, maybe we do want him to get electrocuted over there. Roxy, for anybody hanging out with us during this big Halloween tea party who has not seen Hocus Pocus. What do you say we do a quick little plot recap? I would love to do that. Let's do a plot recap. It's 1693, October the 31st in Salem, Massachusetts, and village boy Binks sees his little sister kidnapped by a witch. He goes to save her, but it turns out there are three witches, the Sanderson sisters, Winifred, Sarah, and Mary. They curse Binks, turning him into an immortal cat and kill his sister by stealing her life force. Surprisingly grim. Unfortunately for the sisters, the townsfolk don't like this and decide to burn them at the stake. As the sisters burn, they chant a spell that will allow them to come back, but for only a single night. Halloween night. If a virgin lights a black flame candle. Boy, I sure hope that doesn't end up happening in the year 1993. It's Halloween 1993. New kid in town and obvious virgin, Max, is tasked with taking his sister Danny trick-or-treating. Max thinks he's too cool to be doing childish things like getting free candy or being a responsible older brother. (laughs) To make matters worse, Max and Danny run into Max's schoolyard bullies. But then Max and Danny get to Allison's house, who is Max's crush, and the three of them go to the Sanderson Cottage, 
where the witch sisters used to live. Max, being a real cool virgin guy that he like brags about, lights the black flame candle and revives the witch sisters. Witches attempt to take Danny's soul, but the kids trick them, steal the spellbook, and run. They also encounter Binks, the black cat, who joins them in order to stop the witches from their nefarious revenge and child-killing plans. Witches chase a group around town. They have to steal the life force of at least one child before the sun rises, otherwise they turn to dust. The kids try to get help from a cop, but it turns out to be just a guy dressed up as a cop for Halloween. Very scary. Then they try to get help from their parents, but instead the Sanderson sisters curse everyone at the party to dance forever through a banging musical number. The kids manage to escape the dancing curse, and now they have a plan. The kids go to the high school, and the witches pursue, and that's when the kids trap the witches in the pottery kiln and burn them alive for a second time. The kids think they've won and go home to celebrate. Unfortunately for them, the witches survive due to the nature of the curse keeping them alive till sunrise. Then the kids open the spell book to try and find a way to turn Binks back into a human, which causes the book to reveal their location and send the Sanderson sisters right to them. The witches then kidnap Danny and Binks and get the spellbook back. Sarah uses her song to lure the children of the town out of their beds into the cottage. Max and Allison are able to free Danny and Binks by making them think the sun has come up early, while the witches freak out. They head to the cemetery, and Winifred captures Danny again and attempts to suck out her life force using a potion. But Binks knocks it out of her hand. This is when Max steps up to drink the potion himself, giving Winifred no choice but to leave Danny alone and go after him. As Winifred attempts to drain Max, Allison and Danny fend off the other two sisters, trying to buy time before the sun comes up. Max struggles, and Winifred falls into the hallowed ground of the graveyard, which turns her to stone. And time has run out for Mary and Sarah, who turn into dust as the sun rises. Their deaths free Binks from his curse, and he finally dies and can move on to join his family in the afterlife, as his sister Emily, who died in the beginning, comes to greet him as a spirit. Everyone says their goodbyes, and the parents are freed from their dancing curse. Very cute. That's Hocus Pocus. What a, what a Hocus Pocus. <laughs> what a little bit of Hocus Pocus. I love this movie so much. It's so much fun. Dude, Bette Midler, more than anybody, is having so much fun being a silly witch, and she's going around, and she, like, there's a musical number in the middle of this movie that is so out of place, but so fun, and it just feels like she was like, I'll do this movie if I can do this musical number, and they were like, yeah, great idea. I think that's (laughs) kind of part of it. They were like, we have Bette Midler, we have to do at least one musical number, otherwise we're just wasting her talent here. Oh. And they make it work, kind of, because it's at that party, there's a stage band playing, like... It's, it strikes me as the first time that an actor had, like, an unnecessary demand. They're like, I do this thing great. And the producers would normally be like, Ugh, okay, and then it has to go into the movie. But this goes into the movie, and it's like, oh, this is the best part of this movie. Yeah, I actually don't know if she requested it or if, like, they wrote it into it because of her. I think it's more like they did it because they got her for the role, I think. That but. tracks. Feel free to correct me if I'm wrong, anybody. Oh, I have, no, I have no idea. Just the <laughs> fact that it's like it's one musical number in the middle of a movie that has no other musical numbers yeah. makes it feel that it was like after the after the fact that like the script had been written and it was all ready to go. And then they're like, yeah, I, I guess either because we have Bette Midler or because Bette Midler wants it, we got to put this in. And it's like, cool, good. Like that shouldn't yeah. work. But it, this time it did. And thank God for it. It truly does. I think like because the uh, Sarah Jessica Parker sister, who, who was actually named Sarah, <laughs> so weird yeah just it just happened like that she also uses like her song to lure children so i wonder if it was just kind of like that's just a different way to do a spell i guess so that's why it it tracks like in context i guess we gotta talk about sarah jessica parker sure yeah there's a lot of elements in this movie that are like i generally don't like saying like oh it's a kid's movie so it has certain boundaries it shouldn't cross Mm -hmm. sarah jessica parker really wants to fuck in this entire movie she is trying real hard to fuck yeah, she's just kind of floating around. She's horny when she feels like it and not when mm-hmm. she doesn't, which is not very often. Uh, but she's always it's, having a good time. Like, all of them look like they're having a good time, honestly. It's, like, established that she slept with Bette Midler's husband when they were a lot. Oh, Billy. It right? was, like, her boyfriend. They were dating, and then she slept okay. with him. And then Winifred turned him into a zombie who was going to do her bidding <laughs> as revenge. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> it's so funny. Uh yeah, I, I was really surprised by how, like, kind of grim and upsetting the first scene was. Like, the, we've got these big silly witches doing their thing, and then they kill a little girl, and, like, and they win. <laughs> they, like, we ostensibly yeah. have our hero that is, like, going to save his sister and going to fight the evil witches. 
And it just ends bad. It's yeah, just a, he fails. He turns time. into a cat. And then as a cat, he tries to go to his father. Who they're, because they think he's missing. They're like, Zachary Banks is just missing. Like, what have you done with my son? And they're like, haha, we'll never tell you. And he's literally right there as a cat. And his dad just, like, kicks him away. He's like, shoo, shoo, get out of here. That's really and sad. so he can't even go home, even though he's not dead. And, like, I don't know when he learns how to talk. Maybe he was like, they, they'll kill me if I talk, probably, because this is the 1600s in Salem. Maybe I shouldn't mm, let them know I'm a talking right. cat. Or maybe he learned to talk in the hundreds of years in between that happening. I don't know. I could also see, like, the children are meant to be, especially in the 1600s, meant to be seen and not heard, right? You go, you work the fields, you don't talk back to your father, you keep quiet. Like, he probably just carried that mentality even to being a cat. Maybe. <laughs> Well, uh, that means, who knows if he ever got to talk to any other humans before the main characters in this movie. We'll never know. So, Roxy, you've seen this movie before. You uh, saw it as a kid and have grown up loving it. What is it about it that has just this, like, warm affection for you? And it's just, like, such an encapsulation of Halloween because it does take place on Halloween. So you've got all these people, mm. like, enjoying it. And then just... The Sanderson sisters themselves, they're all so very distinct. Like, they're all witches, but they're very distinct types of witches. They have, like, different abilities, different looks. And, like, they purposefully wanted them to be more colorful and have, like, very distinct wardrobes as well. Um, They didn't just want them to have black robes or, like, you know, a witch hat or something. I don't think any of them have hats. Maybe Kathy and Jimmy's witch, she kind of has, like, a hairdo that sort of resembles a witch hat. I don't think she wears an actual (laughs) hat. Uh, But it's kind of, like, piled on top of her hair like a cone. And just, like, Bette Midler's whole look, like, her lipstick is only on, like, the middle part of her lips, so it's very distinct. And then her hair is kind of, like, too... How, how would you describe it? It's kinda very like a uh, Larry Fine of the Three Stooges. Like, <laughs> yeah. That's kind of it, too. Outwards. Yeah, like, they're kind of supposed to be slapstick and sort of, like, the Three Stooges a bit. So, like, while they're doing evil things, they're still, like, jokey about it. And they're also mm-hmm. very fish out of water so like they don't really understand the modern day until sometimes they do which kind of breaks the immersion but if you're not thinking too hard about it it's really easy to not notice that um i de- i definitely noticed it i um i can't let me see if i can find anything in my notes where i was like the part where they're okay, driving it. so yeah it's like they don't understand what gravel is but they also um know about dirt learner's permits or something Learner's like that. Learner's Purpose is yeah. exactly it. Yes. Yep. Why do they know about Learner's Purpose? So it's very much like they just wanted to tell that joke and weren't thinking about how it didn't make sense and they just wanted to tell that joke. That, that's goofy, but it's fine, I guess. And I think also parts of it too, like talking about how horny Sarah Jessica Parker's character is, like it's not really a movie that's dumbed down for children, but it is for children. Like adults yeah. can enjoy watching this movie with their kids, I'm sure. You know, it wouldn't be like other movies that your kid might demand to watch you know yeah you know what I, we, we said earlier that this movie has a lot of three stooges energy as i'm like thinking about it more it almost has more of like a looney tunes energy. that too yep yeah in in that like max kind of plays bugs bunny a lot throughout this like he has these silly little tricks that he like gets them with like by turning the car headlights on to make them think that it's sunrise and they react as though it's sunrise yeah they it's... like go along with the prank because they like freak out yeah. so bad about it <laughs> the part when they originally escape he has a lighter that he's like yeah i'm a cool guy i got a lighter Mm -hmm. and then lights it under the sprinkler so it makes like the sprinkler system turn on so at first they're like he's got fire in his hands and then they're like oh Mm -hmm. you brought the rain and he says something about how it's like poison rain or killer rain or something so they like just fall down and go along with the gag also in a way it is that like as a screenwriter you know that they figured that out and they're like all right that's a day's work. Like, we did it. Like, that is such good screenwriting. It's like, what do we have available to us? What are we using? How are we tricking? How are we getting these, like, underpowered kids away from these overpowered witches? It's yeah. It's, it's like, so, so over the top and fun and kind of, like, theatrical and dramatic as well. Mm-hmm. And, like, the way the sisters interact with each other, too, like, it really feels like they've known each other for a long time. And, like, Max and Danny feel like real siblings. Like, they kind of annoy each other and stuff uh, but they care about each other and they they were able to nail it sometimes it can border on kind of sappy but I think they did enough of it to be sort of grounded with like Max acting like Mm -hmm. a little douchebag and then kind of getting (laughs) getting told off for it I think you're exactly right it's like it it does like if it's if there is a spectrum between like way too sickly sweet this brother sister relationship and way too like uh, grim and like 
you know, sarcastic, I guess, could be kind of on this end. Like, mm-hmm. they are right in the middle, leaning <laughs> towards uh, being too sappy. But I think they're the, the Max and Danny brother-sister relationship is so great. Yeah. It's, like, really sweet. It is. It's very sweet in, like, kind of a more grounded way. And, like, she teases him about the crush, crush he has, which, oh, my God. The audacity he has to, like, look like an idiot in class and everybody's making fun of him for being such a douchebag. And then, like, the cr- uh-huh. his crush, Allison. So, so he says something, like, rude about their town legend and stuff. And also incorrect, just saying how he doesn't believe in, like, hocus pocus. Um, and then uh-huh. his crush, Allison, like, says the correct thing and says something a little more open-minded or just, like, something that gets the entire class going, like, yeah, like, they they rally behind her. So it's like she's yeah. cool and he's not cool. And then from that interaction, he has, like, the smarmy confidence as if he's the coolest guy in town, writes down his number and hands it to her, and she's just like, um, what? That feels like an old draft of, like, uh, like a first draft of the scene where they portray Max as, like, the cool kid bully who I, has to figure it out. And because yeah. he never really acts that way the rest of the movie. He, he kind of doesn't, yeah. Doing, he, um, like, he, he's, like, it's such a weird, smug, like, confident thing to just be like, hey, here's my number. Or, like, like, right in the middle of class, in, middle of in class. front of everyone and the teacher, like, the bell hasn't even rung yet. And after you look like then, an idiot. Right. Yeah, that's his recovery. Yeah. And then when they go to Allison's house, when they're trick-or-treating, and that's what gets our, like, core trio together, Max, Danny, and Allison, Mm -hmm. Danny's like, hey, he wants to talk to you. And he's like, shut up. Yeah. It's it's more intimate now than it was when you were in front of the class. Exactly. And, like, she, the, Danny makes a joke about him liking her boobs or something. Uh Um, And then, like, that's the thing. I don't get why Allison is interested in Max at all. It makes no sense. She also looks like she's, like, maybe four years older than him just because of the actors they choose. They could have been the same age, for all I know, or, like, similar ages. But she just looks, like, way out of his league and way older. Like, she wouldn't even be interested in him, and he looks, like, way younger than her. (laughs) Um, But she's like, okay, yeah, I'm somehow charmed by this. Like, that's probably the most unrealistic thing of the entire movie, honestly. We're dealing with magic and witches and... <laughs> that's that's I the could thing by seeing how sweet he is with his little sister being like and I don't know cuz Allison bonds to Danny pretty quickly too yeah. they become fast yeah. friends so I could see being like all right this guy's kind of a schmutz but he seems really nice like I I can kind of buy it maybe Maybe. I guess it wouldn't work <laughs> yeah, for me. It sounds like you cannot. You're like, no, he can go right to hell. Well, it would make me think like, oh, okay, maybe he's less of a douchebag. And like, I might mm-hmm. want to be his friend, but I would still not want to be interested in someone who wouldn't do that. What he did. <laughs> what if he used a lighter to call forth the poison rain? I mean, that would go you. a long way if it was real poison rain. You know, then <laughs> I'd be impressed because he could do actual magic. <laughs> Conjure fire from his hands. That's pretty hot, literally and figuratively. That would be cool. Yeah. yeah. Who, who wouldn't date a pyromancer? <laughs> you wouldn't. You do so, it. I do it. Oh no, I wouldn't. I would be too afraid to kiss them and have fire breathed in me. Oh, uh, you know, yeah. If you ever had a fight, I just don't want to get. I don't want to ever get burned from the inside. That's like another one of my fears. Well, I wasn't afraid of that until now. So now I have a new fear. Thanks, Mikey. Scary. But uh, what were you going to say? Uh, what was I going to say? So we've got these witches now out and about fighting the 21st century. Yep. <laughs> Essentially, they're struggling with uh, asphalt that they think is some sort of black river. They find a, they go to a bus stop. Oh, my God. And the bus driver pulls up. And the, I don't remember exactly what they said, but the only note I wrote down was... Does the bus driver want to get them all pregnant? He does, because they said, like, they want children. And he was like, well, I'll try my best or something <laughs> like that. And they're like, okay, great. And then, like, Sarah Jessica Parker is, like, sitting on his lap while he's driving the bus and stuff. Yeah. And then they end up at, like, Satan's house, who is not really Satan. And that whole scene <laughs> happens. That's a good scene. When they go to, like, somebody's, like some neighbor's haunted house and he's dressed up as Satan and they think it's actually their Satan. Yeah. And they're marveling at like the different things like one of them screaming about the TV another one goes into the kitchen and sees like some kitchen implements and is like ah, a torture chamber. <laughs> and then like it's so fun. Yeah, the, the wife is there too and she's got like little hair rollers and they're like oh, Satan has married Medusa. 
Because <laughs> he calls her like the little woman too, and they're like, oh, he has a little woman in there? What? Well, it also paints a very sad portrait of this man dressed up as Satan. Because okay. he, first of all, he should know, like, three beautiful women aren't coming to you and actually falling in love with you. And also, you're, like, not flirting with them in your home. Like, with your the wife right like, there. Taken, with your wife there. It's very sad. He should be like, all right, it's time for you to leave. <laughs> you yeah. need to not be in my home. I'm a married man. And obviously, I don't think you're uh, taken by my charm. It's like a, a adult man. He's like a 40-year-old man. Even older than that, I'd say. <laughs> His hair is, like, white, I think, even. Um, but, yeah, so even more so, like, what? What are you doing? And he's, like, dancing with Sarah Jessica Parker when his wife comes back downstairs because she's, like, fed up. She's, like, okay, just let me know when these bimbos are gone and I'll come back, which is also a weird thing to do. And then she does c- come downstairs saying something about how, like, maybe she lost weight when she looked at, like, a scale. It was something like that. And then sees her husband dancing with Sarah Jessica Parker. <laughs> it's like, okay, get out of here. Now now it's the final straw. Now I'm fed up with you strangers in my home on Halloween. Yeah, who are just like all up on my husband for some reason. And <laughs> it's again, like if, if this movie is bordering between like, it's very sweet and it's very cartoony. Like this is a little more, this is like too cartoony for my taste, but not by much, <laughs> but not like so much that I'm like not enjoying it. It's just like, yeah, I... every other scene is like kind of working. Yeah, I think it's because it has an added layer where, like, the witches don't really know what's going on, but you, the viewer, don't do. Mm-hmm. And then, like, they get out of there, and uh, Bette Midler's like, oh, yeah, that wasn't actually Satan. And they were like, what? Really? And she's like, yeah, that wasn't him. Okay, we've been tricked. And then they figure out and that everybody's just... just in costumes. They're like, all of these are not, like, ghouls and goblins. They're children. Mm. That's true. That does, uh, like, help them understand better how the world is working. I was going to say, like, it would be very funny if that scene just, like, happened and then they just move on. It also (laughs) just shows that, like, yeah, Bette Midler, who is the oldest sister, Winifred, or sometimes called Winnie, like, she's the brains of the entire operation. Like, the other two couldn't Mm. survive without her. Like, they're they're a bunch of goofballs, but uh, at least Bette Midler has enough brain cells to, like, have them do things. (laughs) Get from point A to point B, even if they... Get tricked by poison rain that is in poison rain from time to time. This movie does a a, a very bizarre thing that, like, I couldn't... I was, like, struggling to understand what was happening. Like, towards the end, like, maybe three-quarters of the way through this movie, they just trick the witches into uh, an inferno and seemingly win. Yeah. It would be very funny to me if the movie just ended there. (laughs) They're just like, we just did it we just did the end <laughs> good job guys them. just patting clapping patting themselves on the back <laughs> but yeah the witches just like, go away from the movie for a minute and then they when they come back they abduct the balkan skull type bullies that max has been dealing with all movie oh yeah they got Remember those guys skull? too yeah uh from power rangers the ultimate in bullies all bullies should be one one big chubby guy and one skinny weasel I mean, they tend to always be that in, like, kids' media, I'm pretty sure. The best bully show me, Show me a bully pairing that isn't like that in kids' media, and I'll give you a quarter for everyone. Yeah, I'm scanning all the bullies I can think of. Uh, hey Arnold kind of only had the big chubby bully in Harold, but... Well, what about Helga, though? That's true. Well, that's true. They, were, they, were, they weren't a good pairing, but that's they were... That's true. They weren't, like, working together, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I love I love a good like because you need that big heavy guy to be the muscle and then you got the little like yapping dog who's just like hey you think you can stand up to my guy you can't you got in my way wolf give me a knuckle sandwich <laughs> give me my a knuckle favorite. sandwich <laughs> that's my favorite <laughs> give, give me a knuckle sandwich <laughs> he's taunting you so then the big guy will actually give you a knuckle sandwich right it's the perfect pairing uh so they've captured the bullies. Mm-hmm. Uh, we smash cut to the bullies just in cages. Yep. Like, being eaten, or like getting ready to be eaten, like while they're making their potions. Yeah. Yep. I was Pretty I was cool. just thinking, like, why didn't they just try to absorb their souls already? And yeah, it's because they were making their potion and they hadn't made it yet. That's right. That was something that I, I felt like the movie kept working really hard to justify. They're like, no, I'm angry at these kids, so I'm going to get these, which i a don't buy and b totally buy like i'm ready i'm just like sure it's like yeah. keep it between our characters that's well fine. so like max gets the chance to save them they're like hey yeah throw me the keys get me out of here come on get us out of here 
Like, we're sorry, don't let her eat us. And then instead of letting them out, he just takes his shoes back because their feet are like dangling out of these cages and then leaves them there to die. Max simply does not rescue these bullies. He doesn't. It's awesome. Yeah. It's so funny. He just leaves it there. And you're like, wait. <laughs> like, canonically, they died. And our hero killed them. Well, I mean, he left them there they thinking they would die. Oh, well, maybe they did starve to death. Because I was going to say, I think they were still in those cages. They just left them there and never saved them. In Hocus Pocus 2, if we don't go back to that shack and find skeletons <laughs> in those cages, <laughs> I'll be disappointed. Yeah, actually, so I think this is our first time talking about it, but Hocus Pocus 2 is going to be happening after all these years. I know. I'm excited about it. Me too. Having become an, a new Hocus Pocus devotee. Hell yeah. I can't, I'm can't. i going to not look up anything on it because I just want to go into it blind mm. and be completely surprised by it if possible. But uh, I'm so uh, excited. They got like the original cast back, at least like the three sisters and Billy are all the same. Um, I'm going to tell you. Um, uh? I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a couple spoilers about the movie. Uh-oh, Mikey. Um, the main character, the main kid, is going to be Sarah Jessica Parker and the bus driver's child oh no <laughs> okay <laughs> and he's going to i'm be bracing half myself magic, half real i don't know if i was prepared for that mikey they have All such a horny. deep relationship it makes so much sense why they, that would be he's what they would focus on for the sequel going to have inherited his mother's horniness trick or treat wow another trick-or-treater what are you dressed as leatherface just a regular butcher i think you already came to this house no i didn't now give me a king-size Kit Kat. My first king-size Kit Kat of the night. Oh no, you can't put on a slightly different costume and get a second king-size Kit Kat. That's double dipping. You can't double dip. Now get out of here. But, but all the other kids got two Halloweens this year and I only got one. Come on, Roxy, where's your Halloween 2 spirit? <sighs> Fine, okay. You can have one more king-size Kit Kat, but that's it. Okay, thank you. So, Mikey, uh, what would you say is the big idea of the movie for you? What what do you think Hocus Pocus, at its core, is trying to tell us about life? What scared me the most about this movie, and I think this movie is is dealing with, is the fear of lost youth. Hmm. Okay. I think these I like witches the open up the movie. The, the sisters open up by, like, stealing a child's youth and, beco- and going from, like, old hags to, like... <laughs> younger hags mm-hmm. but still objectively hags uh and and that feels like what max is struggling with max is like i'm too old for this i don't want i want to hang out at home and be cool i don't want to be a little kid and so much of this magic of this little kid holiday of trick-or-treating is in being a kid and and dressing up in a costume and going and having fun and doing all these creepy things and max the the danger that max is in is not just from the witches but in ignoring uh, this joy that he only has for so much longer. Mm. And by going through this circumstance, he realizes that, sure, magic is real, but also that, like, he needs to value this time that he has with his sister because she could be taken from him. And certainly, this joyful little childish relationship that they have will be taken from him. And so he needs to cherish that. I think that will be will be very interesting to see how the sequel handles it when they have grown up. <laughs> like, what is their what has their life become since this has happened because now they their childhood's over and that's sad yeah i think similar to you i i kind of had a similar sort of feeling where it's kind of like appreciating the people close to you while they're here because you kind of get the sense that banks he didn't get save his sister in time and maybe didn't really kind of value her as much as he could have like he might have regrets about that uh, which you, you can see that more with Max because he does kind of, he is kind of like a little shit to his sister a bit. They're kind of little shits to each other. Um, but then when it's like threatened that she's going to die, he kind of realizes like, oh, all this bickering I was doing and all this like, yeah, my dumb little sister I have to take out to go do this thing so I can be a cool, or I don't get to be a cool kid because I have to go take her out and do stuff. Like isn't as important as actually like spending time with her you know appreciating the time we have left just like kind of how you were talking about how like yeah their childhood isn't gonna last forever halloween isn't gonna Mm -hmm. last forever and eventually you're gonna be in different stages of your life that's gonna be it's gonna be different it's gonna be sad yeah or just different it doesn't have to be sad i mean i guess i want this movie to be uh hocus pocus 2 to be animated so that they can still be children and be children forever okay you know i'm kind of surprised it didn't get the tv show treatment so many disney 
mm. movies got like a TV show or like an animated spinoff series. You know, like I mean, mm-hmm. so many mostly the animated movies I can think of right now, like Tarzan, Aladdin, Little Mermaid. They all had their own TV series. Uh, did they do that with any of the live action ones? Surely they did, right? I can't remember any off the top uh, of my head. It doesn't seem. I can't think of any. No, they would never. They would never. I guess not. No. I guess they did have a lot of like original live action like kid shows and stuff too. Um, but this would have been like perfect for it, honestly. Why not? When you were talking about. Binks and how he had lost his sister, it reminded me of a thing that I found very funny throughout this movie oh. where halfway through, Binks like gets hit by oh, a truck yep, yep, or something. Yep. And they're like, oh no, Binks, you gotta wake up. And I was just like, he wants to die. Like, oh, this no. is good for Binks. This is, we feel, we, this is a joy for Binks. That's so sad. And it's tragic when he wakes up. And it's like, they know that. Like, he had explained to his friends, he's like, yeah, I've been alive since I saw the Sanderson sisters. I hate it here. I miss my sister. I want to be dead. And they completely ignore that. Like, Binks, no. <laughs> it's still sad to see a kitty get flattened, though, I suppose. And like, the- I d- listen, if, if that's what the kitty wants, I, I disagree. If, if I know that that kitty wants to get flattened, I'm swinging that mallet for him. <laughs> you can be two things at once. You can be sad that he died and also help him with that mallet, I guess. But that's a great point. I, I don't know how they. It looked like they used practical effects because, like, to an, to animate the cat, they did practical and CGI and like uh, actual cats. So they had like actual cat and then animatronics. That's and cool. I think like they kind of, the way that the cat gets hit by the car, but then his body like pops back up off the pavement and is alive again and not squished in, like not concave. I'm pretty sure uh-huh. that's practical effects. I remember it kind of traumatizing me a bit as a kid. <laughs> Just because it was like, that's not normal. That shouldn't be doing that. Oh, my God. Remind me, did he, like, inflate like a balloon? Yes, basically. Because he, like, got flattened by a car. So, like, by a tire. So he was literally flat. And then he popped back up Mm. into, like, normal cat shape. I couldn't remember if they had just, like, cut away or if we got a shot of, like, the animatronic cat, like, reinflating. Yeah, it's where they first, like, show, oh, Binks can't die. Where, like, you Mm. as the viewer and the characters get to figure that out for real. Because, like, he's been alive all these years, but you didn't know if he would just be able to escape death like that, too. <laughs> Turns out he can't. Roxy, if I ever get stuck in an immortality trap and I tell you I would like to die, I don't want you to ever stop trying to murder <laughs> So like, we can still... non-stop try to murder you until one of them works? We can still, like, talk and hang out and play video games and come to the scary basement and everything, but okay. I, I need you to be constantly firing bullets at me or <laughs> swinging a machete at my head. Okay? Um, I don't know if I'm ready to sign on the dotted line to have that be my life, but I am open to uh, a discussion for your contract if that ever happens. All right. A friend contract. Uh, mixed selfish pants. Do you think I signed up to have an immortality pact when I was ready to die? No. I mean, that's true. All right? that's we've true. all got we've all got to carry this burden a little bit. All right, Roxy. But Mikey, you know, we have had this discussion before where it was like, if if you get turned into a zombie or I get turned into a zombie, you said you wouldn't kill me if I was a zombie because you'd always keep looking for the cure. And I was like, no, you right. should kill me. So maybe this is one of these things where you're going to have to prove to me that you can't die by being shot before I shoot you because I can't live with that even if it's your request. Hmm. We'll have to do something that, like, sets up a bunch of different things that could possibly kill you. So if one of them does, right. I don't have to feel responsible at any like given a, like time. Like a Rube Goldberg machine. Yes, like, exactly. you, like, roll a cart down a ramp and it strikes a match <laughs> that burns the rope. Yep. <laughs> that swings the uh, rifle <laughs> and fires. Yep. So if we can get that sort of deal for, like, each hangout where I am going to try and kill you, then, yes, I think I could agree to these terms. Okay, great. Trick or treat! Get out of here. I cannot believe you're trying to triple dip here. You didn't even change your costume. No, I am, Leatherface. No, we're done. Get out of here. It's just other kids got to swindle people out of a second kid king-size candy bar from the good houses this year, and I didn't. No, we're done. You get out of here. Roxy, I got a question for you. Okay, what's your question? (laughs) Max begins... The movie Hocus Pocus, not in the Halloween spirit. He doesn't believe in all these silly witch stories. But he eventually gets the spirit of Halloween back. Roxy, what does the spirit of Halloween mean to you? What is the holiday about? What do you love about Halloween? 
Well, uh, I guess on like a more surface level, I just love the aesthetic of like spooky things. I love bats. I love all the like different colors and different aesthetics you could do there that they have for it, whether they're scary or just kind of like whimsical, spooky. I love all of it. Plus, it like is a holiday that focuses on candy. I love candy, so you got that. But then uh, also, it kind of allows you to confront death and scary things in a much safer way than you would be able to in the real life. Kind of in real life, kind of like horror movies and stuff in general do. Mm. So it it kind of has this spooky sort of atmosphere. I think also just because it feels like the world is kind of like in on the Halloween vibe when you know leaves are falling and everything's sort of turning orange and like. Mm. You know, pumpkins are like more in season, along with other gourds and stuff. Like all of the different flavors that kind of come out during the holiday season. So it just kind of feels like the whole world is having this fun, spooky time. Or at least in in America, that's where what it feels like. I'm sure it's different yeah. in other parts of the world. Um, but yeah, like I said, on a more kind of like like Transylvania, maybe they must. How could they not? They're, they take the month of October to take a break from all the spooky stuff. Oh, okay, yeah, because they're dealing with it nonstop. Yeah, that's a good point, actually. They, they got vampires for 11 other months out of the year. <laughs> Take one month off. We will give you a month off. And then they turn into a bat and fly into the moon. There you go. Uh, but what about you, Mikey? What, what, what does Halloween mean to you? What is the things that you like about Halloween? Well, ever since I was a little baby boy, my grandma used to, like, make me costumes. That's adorable. Like, Ninja Turtles and Inspector Gadget, she would just, like, make me costumes. And my grandpa would make me, like, Ninja Turtles weapons out in his, like, workshop. He would take, like, wood and, like, hammer oh it together. Oh, my God. Okay. Like, like, ninja swords and stuff. Holy shit. So you had, like, a whole I, team outfitting you, Mikey. Yeah. That's it was impressive. cool. Yeah. They were my man in the chair yeah. <laughs> for me to go be a superhero. But I love the dressing up part of it. And I, I feel guilty every time when I forget to do it. But, like, I love getting into costume. I love feeling like I'm dressing up as somebody else. Like, that's just as close to as, like, an innate thing that I love as I can remember. Like, there are pictures mm. of me as, like, a, a one-year-old baby dressed up as uh, Guy Smiley from Sesame Street. Wow. Yeah. So dressing up is just my total jam. I love dressing up in costumes. And I do, I 100% agree with you in the idea that, like, for most of the year, we're afraid to confront death. Like, and I think that's a big problem. Like, it's it's something that humanity needs to look at because it's such a fundamental part of being yeah. human. Yeah, and I think specifically and in America, too, we have a problem with kind of confronting this. A lot of other cultures are a lot more healthy or normalize it more. Yeah, we, we don't like being afraid and we don't like death, so we are afraid of death. Like, it, it feels like October is just this perfect time and the Halloween season specifically, and why we need to have a Halloween too, so we can do this more often, is to just revel in the spookiness, to yeah. be afraid, and realize that it's not going to kill us, and if it does, that's not so bad either. Because it's going to happen to everybody eventually, unless you're an immortal cat, and then eventually it'll happen for you anyway, as we have seen in and this movie. As we've learned through your and my experience just now, it would be horrible to be immortal. Yeah. <laughs> You'd put your friends through so much trauma asking them to constantly try to murder you. Think of all the Rube Goldberg machines I'm going to have to design, Mikey. I don't have enough time in the day for that. <laughs> but yes, also, it would be sad, too. Yeah, that, that's, that's not great. If it's that kid, I swear to God. Oh, you don't look like a trick-or-treater, uh, ma'am. Because I am not. My son came here earlier tonight and says you turned him away. He was double dipping, triple dipping. To me, it doesn't sound much like the Halloween 2 spirit to tell children they can't have no candy. Roxy, this is the first year we're having a Halloween 2. If we want this thing to catch on, we can't have an angry mom out there saying we're some kind of anti-Halloween house that doesn't give candy to children. We might as well turn out our lights and pretend not to be home, which is the most horrible thing you could do on Halloween. Fine. Uh, what do you want to keep this quiet? Couple king-size kick-ass? One thousand dollars. What? I want one thousand dollars or else I'm going to tell everyone what miserly grinches you were on Halloween too. Just pay her, Roxy. I'm not paying her a thousand dollars. How much is Halloween too worth to you? I would pay a hundred thousand dollars to keep it alive. Then you pay her. I'm not exactly liquid right now. Fine, I'm Venmoing you right now. A thousand dollars. Just leave us alone. Thank you. My other son came here earlier tonight and says you turned him away. Are you kidding me? Are you double dipping too? No. Now give me one thousand dollars. My first. 
$1,000 of the night. All right, Roxy, we did it. We did a Halloween too. And now I'm $1,000 less in my bank account. Great. I love Halloween too, Mikey. I know you do. <laughs> I'm just Roxy. kidding. I love Halloween too. Even that can't get me down. On a scale from one to nine, since even on Halloween 2, the number 10 does not exist in the scary basement, how likely are the events of Hocus Pocus to happen in real life? Well, as much as I would love for magic to exist in the world, everything I've seen has proven it has not so far. So until proven otherwise, the thing that I focused on was four out of nine is what I would give it for um, a virgin doing something stupid because they want to look cool. And then that backfires. <laughs> Uh, that happens pretty often, I'd say. <laughs> that You're 100% right. That is very funny. Uh, that is a four exactly out of nine. It's such a weird thing to have that be part of the curse is that you have to be a virgin to light the fucking candle. It's a very weird yeah. choice. And another thing that is like, that's not really a kid's movie type thing to be that like, they, they keep you bringing haven't up fucked, that this so 13 or 14 year old is not a virgin. It's like, I guess he's not. Um, but what are we doing here? Yeah, it's really, <laughs> it's really weird. It's weird to raise the question. Yes, and then have it be an integral part of the plot and then have people yeah. joke about it, including the little, like, eight-year-old girl being like, yeah, he's still a virgin, ha <laughs> <laughs> He's still a virgin. Uh, I said nine. Oh, okay. How come? Because I do believe in magic. Oh, well, that's until, wonderful. Uh, I, I have the exact opposite take as you. Until I am proven otherwise, I'm going to just keep saying, yeah, magic's real. Of course you can cast spells. I want, I want honestly, to be proven wrong. I would like to be proven wrong. Please, please. The fact that the, the virgin <laughs> thing is such a weird, out of sorts, like, not connected to the story sort of thing makes it seem more realistic to me. Like, that's probably how magic works. Hmm, okay. Magic isn't going to take into account the fact that, like, oh, it would be weird to ask if a kid was just like, magic is just like, nope, this is the magic. This is how the spell works. If the kid's a virgin, the kid's a virgin. You can only be pure of heart if you're a virgin, apparently, maybe. I wonder <laughs> if that's what you're trying to say here, Hocus Pocus. <laughs> Uh, it, that is what makes it a horror movie. Truly. <laughs> it makes it okay for us to watch. Uh, Roxy, last week we made a bet. Yes, we did. What was the timestamp of the first spell casting? Yes. I said 11 minutes in. Yeah, you said 11 and I said 2. What What did you get? I, I wrote down 8.23. So it depends on it, what we're calling it because Sarah Jessica Parker's singing entrances the sister, Binks' sister, away. So, like, mm. does that count as the first spell? Because if it does, that's, like, three minutes in. And then if that's uh, not I, it... I would be happy to count it. Okay. Because here's here's the thing. I also don't... I just wrote down the timestamp. I don't remember what spell. Okay, <laughs> so there was, like, the singing curse, or the singing thing to bring in the little sister, and then when they get to the shack, all three of the sisters do, like, they chant the spell and then grit, get the life force out of the little girl, which is, like, four... Four and a half, five minutes in. So that's probably what I'm thinking. Okay, so yeah, we'll, uh, we'll say two minutes in. We'll give it to you, Roxy. You did Dang, it. Dang, I win. Proud of you. That means Dang. our total bet score, as we stand right now, Roxy twenty three, Mikey nineteen, tie two. Cool. And as we all know, something happens at thirty. Mikey, you gotta catch up to me here. I don't know if I'm prepared to be the one who makes it to thirty first. I'm scared. I'm scared about what happens at 30. I am too. Someday we're <laughs> going to have to deal with it, but not today, I guess. Roxy, the demon bot is stomping on over to talk to us. What do you think he could have for us? Maybe the next movie? Oh, hey, demon bot, what do you got for us? Hell yeah. Yeah, party. Mikey, get your drink. Let's cheers, demon bot. Let's cheers, demon bot. Cheers to you, demon bot. Happy Halloween, to another, too. <laughs> to another six months <laughs> until the next Halloween. <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh, so, Roxy, next week we are going to watch Dawn of the Dead. Oh, my God. Dawn of the Dead. It's going to be fun. Let's let's make a bet on how many human beings are going to die in this movie. Zombie deaths do not count. Okay. Human deaths. Only humans. Only. On screen. Gotcha. I am going to say six. Okay. I don't know if I've ever seen this movie. In fact, I don't think I have. So, I'm just going to swing big. How about 20? 20. All right. The bed is locked in. All right. So, Mikey, we've been talking about a lot of, honestly, fun, spooky, scary things this week, but also some <laughs> scary, scary things this week. So how about we uh, end the night on a happy note? So what, is, what has been going on with you that's been making you happy this week? Roxy, I, first of all, love Halloween, too. I love Yay. hanging out with all my monster friends. <laughs> this is very fun. 
The other thing that's making me happy, and it's going to sound wild, but I went to the doctor and got an MRI. Oh, I heard those are very (laughs) noisy. How did it go? Yeah, I just spent like uh, 20 minutes in a very tiny tube and it was rumbling but i hurt my shoulder like two years ago and i finally got it figured out it's a rotator cuff injury oh i'm gonna go see an orthopedic but it's just like it's been so long that it's been just like kind of aching that like i finally got it figured out i'm finally gonna get it fixed i'm like relieved to know what's going on with my stupid shoulder and that's very exciting i'm so sorry you've been putting up with that for two years but hell yeah for getting it figured out and taking steps to get rid of it figured out that's awesome what's making you happy What's making me happy, actually, is uh, I've been going to a lot of thrift stores lately with my parents and, like, looking for hidden treasures. It's so much fun because you never know what's going to be there. could be complete trash. could be the coolest thing you've ever seen. You never know until you go there. What's the coolest thrift store find you've come across? The coolest thrift store find. So this is a little capitalistic of me, but I found a Funko Pop that sells for $90 in good condition. So I'm going to flip that. Turning it over? Yeah. But other than that, I actually uh, found a really cool, like, art book that I have been looking for that was like, that'll be too expensive to just buy outright. But uh, they Mm -hmm. had it for, like, five bucks. And so I was like, hey, that's awesome. I'm going to actually keep this. I'm not flipping this one. (laughs) Uh It was an animation art book, actually. So uh, I'm super excited because I love those. Cool. I love this. What a great Halloween 2 this has been. The best Halloween 2 I've ever been a part of. Me too. Absolute best. I love it, Mikey. We have to do this every year. And we will. Twice a year. Hell yeah. Halloween and Halloween 2. Yes. <laughs> there is, of course, no Guardsman of the Basement this week. Demonbot couldn't find one because all the monsters are down here attending the party. Yeah. <laughs> and since it's Halloween 2, I don't want to leave. Yeah, why not? Let's all stay overnight and get drunk with all the monsters down here, Mikey. I'm feeling great. What do you great. think, monsters? Cheers! Turn the music up. We are your fucking evil. We are the living dead. There ain't no way to stop us unless you shoot our fucking head.